0: Hey, it's Pastor Ted Fabianic here from Faith Love Church in Melbourne, Australia. Welcome to our podcast. We pray that when you listen to this, you'll be inspired and blessed to reach the best things that God has for you. Come on, let's let's thank our worship team. You may be seated. We've been, we've been talking about and sharing about seeing the invisible. The invisible is more real than the visible because the visible only exists because it was invisible. The, the, the reason you have a chair is because somebody got a download, which no one saw and made it. So whatever you see was invisible. But because of the fall of man, and we go down to one level, which is called the sense level. When you start to think about the invisible, you go into a reality that is called ownership. Ownership doesn't happen on a lower level. Ownership happens on a higher level. See, when you start to see the invisible, you start to become the owner of the visible. You'll you'll, you'll get there. there. So whatever... Okay. How many of you are saved? Put your hand up. Okay. Okay. If Jesus were to come back today, would you go to heaven? How do you know? How many of you have died and gone to heaven? Ooh. But you know there is a heaven. Is heaven real? I, I, I know you've got your mask on and you can't put your mask down and go, yes. Is heaven real? Is it real? Is it tangible? Can you feel it? Guess what? You're going to eat in heaven. So heaven is real. But you can't see it. So why is it so hard to take everything else on the same face value as heaven? Excuse me. That's French. Excuse me. See, what we, when you start to see heaven, when you see the invisible, you start to see what you own. Ownership is not what happens on a lower level. Ownership is what happens on God's level. So if, so, what, what happens is this, is if you're seeing God from a lower level, you're saying this, oh God, would you please heal me? But when you see God on another level, you've got, I have come to receive my healing. See, what happens is this, it is when I am not in the invisible realm, God's realm, the supernatural realm, I am asking for things, I am working for things, I am striving for things. But the moment, I see the invisible. The invisible shouts out, "You're the owner. You're not a renter." In the in in one level, what we're doing is then go, "God, would you please do something for me?" On another level, is God, "I have come for what is mine." You okay? Now watch this. This is the scripture we shared last week, and. Uh, I, let me just show you something. Some of you are struggling in something. You need to get to the point, you get to what's called the tipping point. The tipping point is this, is that you get to the point where you're climbing up a hill and, and you're climbing and you're pushing and you're pushing and you're pushing. But the, moment, the tipping point comes when all of a sudden the incline starts to go like this and you start to go down. And what happens is this this is the problem some of you are facing. It's because you're not regularly in God's word till it comes out of you to the tipping point. You've got to keep on, keep on, keep on, keep on, keep on. So that is why you come to church, that's why you come to worship, is because we're giving more and more. It's called the overflow, or the tipping point, or the overflow. You keep putting it into a cup, but if you keep Putting it in is going to have an overflow, and it's the overflow that gives you the reality. It, it is when you constantly you wake up thinking God, you start speaking God, you start imagining God, you start going. I once had to ask, but now I don't. Okay, you, you, you ready? I'm not preaching yet. I, I, this is just a non-trait. Believing is possessing. Now, g- go to this um, Hebrews 11.1. He 1. says, Now faith is the assurance, the confirmation of the title deed, of the things we hope for. Just That's what, what's what we just need for the moment. You've got to get out of hope. What is hope? Hope tells you what is available. So when you go to a restaurant, they give you hope. It's called a menu. <laughs> in, you know what? In some restaurants, they even go further. They take pictures of it. I love Chinese restaurants. You know, you go, you go to some restaurants, they give it to you in words. But you go to Chinese, man, you can, you can, you can see the crab. You can see the duck. <laughs> so what happens is this. Hope. Gives you the menu of heaven. So, what happens is this is so many people, you, you, you get this, watch this. I hope I get healed. I hope I will get blessed. I hope Ted preaches a really good message. If, if I'm preaching a really good message, it's because you've gone from hope to faith. So, if you don't like my message, get out of hope. See, hope sees a promise, and he says, "This is what's possible." Now, here's, here's, here's something, and something we need to work on. That is why I remember, as as a child growing up in church, people wanted, people were hanging out for heaven. And I used to wonder why, because now I get it. The reason they were hoping for heaven is because what they wanted was in heaven, but they couldn't have it on earth. But their longing was, I want to live this. I want this. So the only thing was to exit earth and go to heaven via a grave. But I'm here to tell you, you don't need to exit earth via a grave to get heaven to come down to you. I'll even prove it. Would you like me to prove it? Would you like me to prove it? Yes. The Bible says this. This is not, I haven't got it here, but just, just, just that we're flowing in it. The Bible says this. When you, The Word of God is near you. It's not in heaven that somebody needs to bring it down. Nor is it in hell that somebody needs to go and bring it up. The Word is nigh you even in your mouth. Romans 10, 17. You with me? Come on. So what hope is no longer in another realm, it's come to you. So what we have here is this. It says now, it's the confirmation, it's the title deed, it's the ownership. Faith says I own it. Faith says I can have it anytime I choose. Do you realize the immensity of this verse. This is, this is um, I could stop right now and you're done for the rest of the year. Just look at this. Now, faith is not when I lay my hands on you, not to the end of the service, right now. Now, heaven is available to you. Now, it, it is no longer being prepared. Church is not. A restaurant with a kitchen where you ask for something, somebody's got to get the raw material, go through the process. Church is not a restaurant. Church is like heaven it's already there. The dish that you wanted was prepared before you got into the restaurant. So what we happen is this is we have been duped by false theology that we are waiting for something that we have already obtained. Any theology that gives you hope after you die is not God-given theology. Jesus said, now is the time of salvation. Now, to today. So once you have faith, hope sees heaven, but faith reaches into heaven, brings it down, and lives in the reality of what people hope for. Faith Life Church, our job in this community is to live heaven on earth to show them the menu. Your life should be the menu of heaven, and you are the best advertisement of heaven that Jesus has oh but isn't the Holy Spirit but the Holy Spirit in you reflecting what's in heaven do you realize that you're the best advertising for heaven you're not advertising the other place you, you, come on have you ever seen people that are advertising in the other place you can hear them how's life terrible it's always hot Yeah, it's hot and dark. See, let me just show you this. This will help you. You are a living advertisement of the reality that you live in. You are. Isn't it interesting that the Bible says, Jesus didn't do this. Hey, I am the light of the world. Great. Good for you, Jesus. woo but then he said this, but so are you. He goes, you are the salt of the earth. You're the light. Isn't that a bad time we flick the switch on? If you're living in darkness, flick the switch. Oh, this is so good. Because <laughs> what happens is this. Jesus made it to a point that he says, if, I had a preacher tell me this. Hey, Fabianic, this is how it works. is when children understand you, then you're preaching well. See, there are a lot of preaching that goes around that you can only understand it if you have a theological degree. But when Jesus spoke, the kids were running to him. It's not that hard. I don't like the word hard. When my dad would wake me up in the morning, Ted, we've got a hard job. I had a hard sickness coming on right now. Right. So watch this, right? It's the confirmation, it's the title deed. So what faith does, it looks at a promise of what is hoped for, and it says, I am the owner of what I hope for. I am the owner of what I hope for. I am the owner of what I read. I am the owner of what I see. I am the owner of health. I am the owner of strength. I am the owner. Hello. Yeah, how many? Have you ever heard this term? Um, drive, in, in, don't drive a car like you, you, somebody says you get. I was talking to this guy and um, he does a lot. Of, he rents a lot of cars. And what was really interesting with him is that the way he drives the car that he owns to the way that he drives a rental is totally different. Think about it. When you have, how, how many of you, when you have a car, you look after it? How many, when you get into a rental car, you want to see how fast you can go in one gear? Oh, come on. You know what? I'm driving along and I see a puddle and I go... I swerved to visit, In a rent-a-car. Aha! <laughs> See, everything changes when you own something. See, the, the kind of people I'm building in this church is people that own faith life and are faith life. There's a huge difference with people that attend church that somebody else's to a people that go, this is my church. You can tell when it's your own church. You're praying, you, go, you, you, you pray for everybody. Anyway, that's something else. You're okay? Ah, okay, better get on to what we were going to do. Yeah. Hope for the proof of things we do not see and the conviction of their reality. Faith perceiving as real fact that which is not revealed to the senses. Now listen to me very carefully. There are two types of education that we all go through. First type of education is the sense realm. So in the sense realm, you need to understand sense realm. If something is hot, you touch it, I'll get burned. You, you know, you've got the sense realm. You get up in the morning, you look what's the temperature, and you dress according to the temperature. So the sense realm teaches you how to live in the realm that you live. And everything in the sense realm is also has systems to reinforce it. So the sense realm is this. Is if, I can, if I can see it, then I can believe it. When I am there, then this will happen. When I win, then I am a winner. So sense realm teaches you how to survive in a certain realm. But when Jesus comes on the scene, all of a sudden, the impossible becomes possible. The reason it's impossible, in one realm, something is impossible. In the sense realm, forgiveness is impossible. Healing is impossible. Accelerated wealth is impossible. Just, 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 just to show you a little bit of magnitude, uh, can somebody here that's really clever tell me what school did King Solomon go to to be the wisest man on earth? Come on. So, so, which school did he go to? He, He was only a little kid. What school did he go to? He went to God's school. God gave him a download from heaven to earth he became the wisest man on the planet what happened was this is when the supernatural realm touches the natural realm it elevates you and then you become wonder woman or not wonder man superman The reason I said that, I was, I was with my, my, my grandson, Jude, and he's got one of those apps where they take a picture of you, of your face, and then you can become any superhero. So there's, there's this app, you take a picture, and then, he, and then you can pick a superhero and imposes your face on them. So you know what he did? He goes, Papa, you're gonna be Wonder Woman. So I've got a video <laughs> clip of Wonder Woman with Ted's face. <laughs> Talk about an ugly woman. <laughs> I don't know how I got there, but a- a- anyway, okay. So what happens, in, in, so God says to Solomon, Solomon, I'm going to give you access to what this realm cannot, and then you will understand that whatever I give you access to it rules the realm. So what you find is when God downloaded onto Solomon, he, gave, he didn't say, hey, Solomon, you're, you're not going to own anything. You're not going to be much. What happened was this. He became one of the wealthiest men on the globe. He was the wisest man on the globe. What made him wise wasn't his ability, but it was heaven. Heaven. That is why, as we were talking before, that what takes somebody 20... If you're into business, you need to be praying, God, give me a download. What, what kind of download? If somebody had to spend 20 years of trial and error to get to a point where he's successful, isn't it possible then to get a download in one year or in one day what took somebody 20 years of trial and error? Wouldn't it be amazing to talk to somebody in relationship... That didn't get to the point with trial and error, but he got it of heaven. Isn't it, wouldn't it be good to learn something without pain? Yeah. <laughs> this is so good. Title deed, a document that states and proves a person's legal right to ownership. Legal right. Now watch this. When Jesus walked the earth, the Bible says, as many of them that touched him were healed. Correct? What, what, what was happening? Is they touched something that belonged to them? See, when, a person, when Jesus healed somebody, he didn't say, oh, this doesn't really belong to you. So every time Jesus healed somebody, he gave them what they owned. Just think about this. Can't, can't, how do you rob God? Jesus God, go, oh, hey, excuse me, my, give that healing back. Put it back now, I'll give it to you twice the amount of sickness. Do you realize that every person that got healed received their own healing? So therefore, healing never runs out. You can't rob me of any blessing because there's a blessing with your name on it and my name on it. That's why the Bible says you never have to be envious of anybody because the same blessing you're seeing, there's a blessing with your name on it. Do you realize that if you're sick right now, there's a blessing of healing with your name on it and all it needs is for you to access it without permission. When I go to my car, I don't ask Sylvie, excuse me, Sylvie, can I, can I use my car? She'd slap me. She'd go, what is wrong with you? It's yours. How many, how many of you, before you go into your, your own fridge, ring somebody else up and say, excuse me, can I use the fridge? Do you think it's, do you think it's all right for me to eat? You know, you go, I think that's kind of silly. But do you realize that that's what we're doing with God? And God thinks it's silly. God's going, will you just stop it and take it? Can you imagine? Can you imagine? What, how, okay, this is, think about the, this is frustration. You prepare somebody a meal. right? I invite you for a meal. I give you the meal. You take, and, you, and, and I pray, and I go, you can start to eat now. You take one bite, and they go, excuse me, Pastor Ted, can I have another bite? Yes, you can. Okay, oh, that's really good. Um, can I have? Can I have some more, please? Okay, I gave you the plate. Excuse me. You only need permission once, and then you enter ownership. Only once. Now watch this. So, when you understand this is that all of a sudden things change is because you're no longer hoping you are now living the Bible says this hope deferred makes the heart sick give it to you another translation hope that isn't accepted by faith makes your heart sick did you get that? Hope that isn't accessed by faith will make your heart sick. You know what frustrates people? If you know that something doesn't exist, you can't ever wish for it, correct? Excuse me? So if you know something, a, a lifestyle or whatever is not there, you don't miss it. When you start missing it is when you realize it's accessible. It's there. And so what happens to us is this is that we have been duped by the devil to thinking that we are not owners, but now we are workers. See, there's a huge difference. One of the things I realized, there's a huge difference between being a worker and being the owner. Workers get paid to attend. Owners attend because they love doing it. See, I, I don't get paid to be a pastor. I love this. I really, really, really love this. I love people. It's, it's really necessary if you're going to be a pastor, you've got to love people. Okay. Now watch this. Look, Turn with me to 2 Corinthians one twenty. It says this. For all the promises of God... In him are yes, and in him, amen to the glory of God through us. Now, watch this. All the promises of God are in him. Where are all the promises? They're in Christ. So when Christ came down, he brought your promise with him. So with you, so what Jesus did when He, he came out of heaven and he took the blueprint how God gave you. Do you realize that even before you were born, God actually wrote you? He actually designed you and he says, I, and you are going to look like this. I'm going to give you 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 this. And he already made provision. But when we come into earth, we come into sin. And the sin isolates us from what has been written for us. So when Jesus came to earth, he bore every promise the Father has already given you. Jesus never did this. Uh, Excuse me, um, Jesus, can I get healed? Uh, I I don't know. Uh, we, We might have to ask the Father. See, watch this. That is why that every person that came to Jesus was healed. It is because Jesus brought their healing. All of a sudden, when Jesus came to earth, every promise became accessible if you could find Jesus. Every promise for every person was now walking the face of the earth. That is why when Jesus saw somebody that was demonized, he says, I came to give you your present. Every time somebody came to Jesus with a need, what did he do? He reached out inside of him. He says, I've got a package with your name on it. Here it is. So every promise... Every healing, every provision was in Jesus. Now watch this. But when you get saved, where do you live? Where is your reality? You are in Christ. See, we, we, this term in Christ has been, we haven't put any weight on it. So watch this. See, so It happens like this is that you? The, the promises are in Christ, you are outside of Christ. But when I have faith in God for salvation, I go from one realm where I am hoping, and by faith I access another realm. Now, I am one with the promises. Okay, what's this. Let's, let's say this is Jesus, and this is Ted. Looks good, doesn't he? Say yes. Okay, so there's Ted, and there's Jesus. The two come into what's called the divine encounter. And what does Jesus do? What he does, the word speaks, and he says, Ted, there are, I was reading a theologian this morning that he estimates, and he's still working on it, that there are over thirty. 1,000 promises in the Bible. So what happens is this. I meet Jesus. So what does Jesus do? He tells me, Ted, if you believe, you can have all of this. So all of a sudden, there's a language. And this is the language where the word starts to speak. If you believe, all things are possible. But see, that if you believe, that word if is not a kingdom word. It's a lower level word. So I come, and now the promises are in there. So here's my issue. How do I access what's in him? But God does a miracle which few people have realized. What's this? Is that the moment I say yes, Jesus, come into my heart. God says, not only am I coming into your heart, But I'm opening myself up, I am putting you inside of me, and then I'm closing the door. So now, where's Ted? Where's the pen? Some of you are going, it's a trick question. No, no, it's not a trick question. Okay, where's the pen? Where's the pen? All right, now. So when the Father sees me, he doesn't see a pen, he sees Jesus. That's why the Bible says now there is no condemnation to them that are in Christ. So what happens is this. Is you need permission to access the promises when you're out of Christ. But when you are in Christ, you no longer need permission. Just... just let that, listen, all the promises of God in him are what? Yes. Now, just, just watch this. All the promises. So that means that God has said yes to you to every single promise that the Father had designed for you. You good? Just, it, it, look, this does take a while. Because we've had over 2,000 years of people putting in roadblocks to the blessing of God. For 2,000 years, the church has been striving. People, come on, let, let me give you the language of the lower. I am trying to have faith. I am trying to live a clean life. I am trying to be a good parent. I am trying, trying, trying. Yes, that is truth on one level. But on another level, it's the grace of God which requires no lower level effort. So now that I am in Christ, every promise is now touching me. See, see right now, if I take the pen out, every time the pen touches, I can, I can touch. Say with this pen, I can touch just one word. But when I am in Christ, I touch every word. Just, just, just work with me for a little bit. Psalm 103 it says bless the lord and don't forget any of his benefits right then he says this who heals all your diseases who cleanses you from all your sin do you realize it doesn't say just as one he says when you are in christ you are touching every promise of god how good is that just Let that kind of go, now hold on, I'm not talking poetry. I am not telling you history. This is not a motivational class. The church is not supposed to be there to motivate people. Seriously. I had one guy come up to me after the church service one day, and he said, you know what, I pay somebody $360 per hour, and I have to get them for the whole day, and... I come into church and the same atmosphere is bigger than what I'm paying for. See, Jesus doesn't motivate you. He gives you. And what we, are, what we need as a church right now is we want to go from I am a guest to I am the owner. we got to go from, hold on, Jesus has already said yes. Ted, I'm sick. Yes, I will heal you. God... Has answered this question. And we don't need to be asking, oh God, I've just had one meal. No. I, I, can I have another bite? God says, I will satisfy you. With long life. Look, look at this scripture. Psalm 50, sorry, Psalm 5, verse 12. Surely the Lord Surely, Lord, you bless the righteous. You surround them with your favor as with a shield. Just look at it. the word righteous. Yes, Lord, surely, Lord, you bless the... Who are the righteous? The Bible says this, he became my sin... I became his righteousness. So therefore now, anytime you open up God's word and he says, God will bless the righteous, he's talking about you. I know it's COVID. Um, Look at the person next to you. He says, Ted's talking about you. See, you know what happens? Before, people would go, God blesses the righteous. You know what most people do? He goes, yeah, the lucky ones. Yeah, he blesses everybody but me. I I, I, I got so close to being blessed and I I was so good, and then a person cut me off and my righteousness left the car. (laughs) I pulled the car, I'd done a U turn, I looked everywhere, could not find it. And then God said to me, Ted, start again, son. It's going to be a long journey. How many of you, feel, you, you Come on! How many of you have those moments where everything's just working out good? You got good thoughts, good attitude. Everything is just so good, and you believe you can believe for anything. And then you do something, <laughs> and then you feel like I can't do anything. <laughs> I, I mean, I remember trying it as a kid. You know, like I, I would go, "Okay, God, I'm not. I'm not going to sin. I'm, I'm going to be really good because I really need a blessing." So I would go to school, wouldn't talk to anybody. Every time it was recess, I would go in the loo. I ate my lunch in the toilets. I did everything. Not everything, but, you know. I kept myself away from every kid because I needed a breakthrough in God. So I just kept my focus. I looked at all the teachers. All the, all the teachers were now fantastic. Or, or, you know, the hairy monster from the pit that used to teach me English became beautiful. I mean, Everything right? And, 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 and um, it's going so good. It's being brilliant. I'm thinking, this is good. And um, we, we, we used to carry our bags on our shoulders. We picked the bag up with this and then carry our shoulders. And um, I'm, I'm going really good. And then all of a sudden, somebody, somebody goes, hey, Ted, I turn around and I smack a kid in the face. And I go, oh, great. I've just spent eight hours in the loo. But the Bible says this, let me just say to you, you don't lose your righteousness when you make a mistake. You didn't get your righteousness by doing something right. And how are you going to lose it by doing something wrong? The Bible says that I'm surrounded with favor. So therefore, I expect favor. Not not because I deserve it, because I'm righteous. Listen to me carefully. You didn't become righteous with what you did. Jesus didn't become a sinner because he sinned. So what happens now is you need to meditate on this. You need to declare it. You need to just absolutely go over it. Now, what, okay, what, uh, can I have the worship band to come up, please, as we're coming in for a bit of a close? You happy? Are you glad you came to church today? Yeah. Good. I'm happy that you're here as well. I, I, love doing, I love doing stuff in the studio, but it's nothing as good as this. Listen to this. In 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 4 says this. As a result of this. Just stop there for a second. What result is he talking about? The result that you said yes to the salvation of Jesus. And now that you are in Christ. Okay? So you need to now see yourself as you are in Christ. What he has given you. The word they're given when you look it up in uh, a law a dictionary, when, when you go to the court of law and somebody says something is given, the definition of given is of a document signed and dated. Signed and dated. So another words is this, is when you got born again, you know what Jesus did? He got the word. He opened it up and he goes, Hey, Fabs, go born again. I want to give you your document. And he goes, This word, word is. Now yours. And then he does this. What's today's date? The twenty-seventh oh six. What year are we in? Twenty-one, thank you. You're my you're my best friend. I'm I'm gonna have a house next to you. And then you know what do you know what he did then? He goes, I've got the word, I've got the date. But now I'm going to make it official. I'm going to sign my name on this. And then he said this. What I have spoken, no one can change. This is irreversible. This is now Ted. And then he says this to you. Now, Fabs, this is what you do. When you run into a problem... You take my promise. You claim, you take my promise and defeat the enemy. Do you know what church is really all about? Church is all about to teach you how to use what you already have. So now, every time I pick up my word, guess what the first thing I see? Jesus signed my Bible. How good is this? And now watch this. Let me just finish it. As a result, because you're born again, God has put a yes, your name and dated, that it belongs to you and only you. And then it says, Your magnificent promises that are beyond all price so that through the power of these tremendous promises, we can experience partnership with what? Sing it out to me. Divine nature. Divine nature. By which you have escaped the corrupt desires of the world. Do you realize that now you live God's nature is this. You live by the promises of yes. Now, and I looked at, I asked God this morning. And I said, God, these corrupt desires, what does that mean? And the you know, first thing is, it could be sin or not that. Now, watch this. What, what are corrupt desires? Corrupt desires is when you see something you really want, but you haven't got the ability to. To get it, and then you start manipulating. You start. How can I cheat my way up? What what kind of things do I need to do to get it? These corrupt desires of these is that you see something that somebody's living, and you haven't got the power to do it. Why do we thief? Why do we have so much identity theft? Why do we have so much trauma when somebody dislikes you on Facebook? Because you're working so hard to be liked. The corrupt desires of these is that you are doing everything on a lower level to get something you want and you get yourself into trouble. Listen to me very carefully here. If you get a promotion because of something you did wrong, you're going to have to keep your promotion that no one ever finds out. See, whatever you break on you, whatever you do, whatever things that you do illegally, immorally on your way to the top, when you get to the top, you are going to have to protect yourself. You good? But when you get to the top because of the promises, it doesn't matter. Today, and I have spoken for 44 minutes and eight seconds. We're going to pray right now. I'm going to pray that you do a shift. In Christ means I am a owner of everything that is Christ. I have got everything accessible. So right now, what are you struggling with? What are you struggling with? It could be sickness. It could be relationship stuff. It could be that you're depressed. It could be that you've got bills that you can't pay. It could be that you feel that you have been bypassed so often in promotion that you just rock up to work to get a paycheck. Whatever it is, we're going to do a shift that from now on, I am going to think in Christ. I'm going to start to live by the promises of God. I am in Christ. I am righteousness. I already have favor. So, so now, watch this. Now when you go to God, you go to God in favor. You good? Well, come on. That's why the Bible says in Hebrews 4.16, it says, you've got to come boldly to me. Why do you become, why, why can we go right up to Jesus and go, hey, I've come for something that's mine. Why? Because I am in Christ. God clothed me with favor. I don't go to God to get favor. I already have favor. Tomorrow morning, rock up to work with a new shirt like mine. See, people can see favor. You dress yourself in favor. See, when God saved you, He took your old garments, dirty, smelly, putrid, ugly, out of fashion, out of date. People could smell you coming from Asia, in Australia. You're leaving Belgrade Airport and people in Australia go, gee, Ted's coming. But you see what happens is this, listen to me very carefully. As people can smell your body odour, the spiritual realm smells the odor of Christ. That means if I understand how I'm dressed, I will act according to how I'm dressed. I've started a new message. Because you've got to get out of this place thinking different. Now, every morning, get up and go, I am God's righteousness. I have every promise. So, Father, right now, Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, Father, we just pray for everybody that's even watching our YouTube channel, Father, for all the people that are looking at the podcasts or whatever medium people right here right now. Father, we just, we just ask for the transformation, that, Father, we are no longer in the world, but we are in you. Father, I am no longer working out my own life, but I am living it with you. So Father, right now, I pray for the transformation. That Father, I am no longer in the world. I am God's righteousness. Everything, everything that you died for is now mine. And Father, I come to you right now and I have come for what you have paid for. Father, I will no longer be a beggar. Father, I will no longer squirm into your presence. I will no longer beg into your presence. I will no longer try to be clean in your presence. I I will no longer try to self, self, self self-effort. But I come to you dressed in the Word. I come to you that the Word is not only on me, but it is in me. I am no longer a slave to sin, I am now the righteousness of God. And so, Father, I just pray by the power of the Holy Spirit, right now, every single person, Father God, every single person, that there would be a transformation in their thinking. Father, we pray that now we have unlocked our faith. Father, we have unlocked it. And so, Father, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, let it be. Amen.